Welcome, welcome everybody to the Don Cozy Podcast, the coziest podcast in the world, this side of the hemisphere, live and direct, coming from Africa, the motherland, the mecca of humanity, to the world. Hosted by yours truly, Don Cozy. I hope I find you guys well. And welcome to another episode. Welcome to another episode full of insights and commentary. Um, I wonder how your weekend was and how your week has started. My week, uh, my week has started on a on a slump, but I know the the trajectory is going to be it's going to be up from now. Now that I'm interacting with you guys, uh, follow the podcast on. Instagram and Twitter and uh, like our Patreon page at the Cozy Lounge uh, podcast on Patreon, the Don Cozy podcast on Instagram, Cozy Lounge podcast on Twitter. Uh, Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening and shout out to everyone listening across the world. The demographics are looking well and fine. Uh, we're live in America, we're live in Britain, we're live in Zimbabwe, South Africa, Russia, Ireland, uh, we're live everywhere, you know, and shout out to all and everyone listening, um, thank you for your support, uh, so like I said, welcome to the episode and let's get straight into it. Let's get straight into it. Uh, there were sort of, there's like two topics which are on my mind. Um, um, I won't say they're personal topics, but they're very close to my heart. Um, I just want to get into them, not quickly, but I just want to get into them. The first topic is uh, of domestic violence. Um, I was talking to one of my friends earlier today and she was just narrate, narrating a story of her her help, um, the gardener, um, had an altercation with his wife, you know. Uh, it turned out that the wife went through uh, this man's phone and apparently she found out that he was cheating. And lo and behold, an argument ensued and uh, she's the one who clapped him up, you know, who ruffled him up and then he retaliated by um, fighting back. But then as we were having this discussion, we were now analysing... Because she said that the child outside was crying and stuff, you know. And when elephants fight, the grass suffers, the grass being the child. Um, I put it to her like this. No matter what age this child is, this child will grow up knowing and being able to identify some sort of violence as they grow older. Like, okay, so my dad did this to my mom or they were were having this 
internal conflict or there was an internal conflict in the family and these two parties who I call my parents uh, resorted to violence. And luckily enough, um, this, this issue was resolved. There was a mediator from my friend's side who went and resolved the issue and set them down and told them that these are the things which are found in marriages and they mustn't resort to violence. The key takeaway was the fact that um, they ha- the mediator was like, they have to, to- um, they have to play out happy family so that the child does not feel you know like okay whatever happened here might happen again because the child was crying and you know when a child sees that it becomes it it's a sore point it's a sore issue you know um domestic violence is something we should never condone domestic violence is something which is there in society and no one is high and mighty to say, no, we mustn't condone to this. But at the end of the day, people, I guess, with with this example, what do you do when you find out that your, your loved one is cheating on you or there's some infidelity? I know it's it's so cliche. I know it's so... We're used to this these things being talked about. I think now I even now desensitized, you know, because we tend to then say, okay, who was wrong? Ah, you were not supposed to go through through this person's phone or you're not supposed to follow this person up and try and suss out what's really going on. But at the end of the day, we're humans. And if I see a certain change in your behavior, I might not confront you because I'm innately born with wanting to see, wanting to catch you in the act. Because once I alert you, you're going to change your pattern to suit my suspicions or to calm my suspicions, you know, but once I catch you, be it it physically or be it on the phone, what's the next best step? A lot of people say, walk away. That's the mature thing. But we usually get a response like that from people who have never been involved in such a in such a moment or in such a a situation in their lives because what do you do when your feelings are hurt what do you how do you react when your feelings are hurt when you see the person you let I'll say gave your heart to or your soul to that was not the devil <laughs> but you gave your heart soul mind your time to um, doing that, that person betraying your trust and your love. You know, you get 
to points where you, you even think to yourself like, why didn't you just end it with me? So it, it now comes to a point where what do you do when you're in a moment like that? How do you react? And is violence uh, a means? Is violence an escape? Because at the end of the day, words, they hurt and physically, if you resort to, to a physical confrontation, you tend to also hurt the person. So now it's an emotional and a physical pain that a person gets. Be it you are the person, they have done the bad thing too. Or you are now reacting and retaliating like this couple where the woman slapped the man and the man felt like, oh, my macho is being tested here. Let me retaliate. So in, 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 in issues, with issues like this, we need to really analyze what, what, we're, what we're going to do in society and as a society, rather, and get ways, you know, to to solve our issues without violence. Because I just sit thinking to myself, like, that child is going to grow up scarred. How are they, how is, I forgot to ask the sex of the child. Let's say it's a door, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a female. How is she going to look, how, how is she going to have relationships with men, how is she going to look at men? That I hope she won't grow up thinking that's normal. If it's a guy, or if it's a boy, I hope he also doesn't grow up thinking that's normal. If something happens, I have to beat you up, or I have to physically uh, abuse you so that you hear or feel my macho. So that's the first topic. Um, it, it was really close to my heart because um, I have friends, I have acquaintances who I know have been through domestic violence, and it's not a nice, <clears throat> it's not a nice topic or issue to to go through once they start to reveal the intricacies of how it happened, what transpired, and the ultimate breakaway from that person. Because we do tend to give those people who hurt us second chances, third chances, fourth chance. Sometimes we even stay with those people and we do it for the kids, in quotes. We do it for the family, in quotes. So um, it's a very close and sad thing, you know, which is happening in our society. And we say, as uh, the Cozy Podcast, we say no to violence. The second issue I would like to talk about is of abortion. There's um there's an issue in in the American court system that that's happening, which uh, which has been going on for the past six days, six to eight days now, where they want to 
go back to a court ruling that was made in 1973, which was uh, Roe versus Wade, uh, which was a trademark decision in which the U.S. Supreme Court wrote that the Constitution of the United States protects a pregnant uh, woman's liberty to choose to have an abortion. That's what the Roe versus Wade ruling decided. And we have seen, this is, this is now 50 years from that ruling, where women have had the right to to determine other with with their bodies in terms of pregnancy, in terms of preserving life. And now, recently, certain judges in the Constitutional uh, of America, they want to change it and go back and repeal that act where in certain states, I think it's 12 states, where a woman has to keep that child, you know. And it's a topic which is very sensitive because abortion, if you look at it in a religious connotation, it's religiously not valid. However, certain times, certain situations might require an abortion. And once you repeal an act like this, you'll start to have unsafe abortions. Unsafe abortions, maiming of the, 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 the mother and the child, because this act actually, when it was enacted in 1973, after the, 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 the court ruling, it now actually empowered a woman, empowered females, to make decisions based on their lives. Because let me give you an example of, let's say a woman is raped, a woman is raped and she finds out that she's pregnant. With that act, it gave power to the woman to say, I don't want to bear a child. Yes, children are innocent, but I don't want to bear a child of a person who raped me. I don't want to bear a child of a person who raped me because it's an emotional scar. Right now, if this act is repealed and they go back and cancel it. That will mean that certain, certain scenarios like this, a woman might um, be imprisoned or a woman might be persecuted for, for killing or aborting a child. And certain scenarios now then make us think that We're repealing this act having a, neg a negative or a positive effect because abortion is a very sensitive topic. This is life. Uh, for religious people, they believe that a child comes from God, 
the child is a blessing. However, when you look at it, you're now removing the rights from the person who's going to be carrying this life. You're now removing the rights from a person who's trying to run away or remove certain trauma from their lives, case in point of rape, of abuse. Um, however, certain people, I think, maybe abused this, this law to their advantage because sometimes not all abortions are because a woman wants to do them. Some abortions are out of spite, where both parties, men and women, indulge in, in the procreation of life. But then they then dis one uh, aspect of the, of, of the party then takes the decision to be like, "Ah oh, no, I don't want a child." But then if the other aspect being the male suggests that let's keep the child. But the woman is like, I'm not fit to have a child. Maybe you are not fit to take care of the child now. It, it ca comes with a certain connotation of, you're not doing this out of spite, right? However, in, in the world we're living in, in 2022, 50 years after that is the court decision of Roe v. Wade, we then see that as a society we've come far. And the impact of repealing this act, the 1973 act, will have will trickle down in, a, in an essence where certain things, we might joke about it, but certain things like having or using contraception will be illegal. Having sex will be illegal. Uh, wearing a condom will be illegal. Masturbation will be illegal. Because once you enact such a law which now uh, prevents the rights of what people decide to do with their bodies, you then are infringing on their daily rights. So it's these two topics which I decided to start off with. I know they are heavy. Uh, and I hope when you listen to this, this, this episode, we can interact on the various platforms that I have um, indicated uh, where we can discuss further and uh, hear your topics. Because these are matters which happening on a daily basis and we cannot ignore them as a society as a society as a whole be it you're from south africa or be it you're from ireland or australia we're all going through this and when we now see the impact of these two we now get to a point of depression and anxiety. 
which is another thing which is plaguing our society. Because a lot of people are depressed. A lot of people are falling prey to anxiety and depression. And once we call it out, I think it's easier for people to come out and have discussions about these topics because as of today, uh, a young South African actor committed suicide. He was only 23 years old. People are asking why because he is an actor who was promising he was on Gomorrah, if I'm not mistaken, a soap called Gomorrah. Young budding actor commits suicide. That's sad. In the same week, I lost a former classmate of mine who, who I think I said it in, in the last episode, she also committed suicide. A South African artist early this year, Ricky Rick, rest in peace committed suicide we can we can take it back and then start to analyze are these individuals committing suicide as an outlet and if it's an outlet we're not superman or, or superwoman or avengers where we we are supposed to fight everyone's battle, but this cry via suicide is a very loud cry, which we cannot ignore because it's happening in our society. We're seeing it and we're getting desensitized day in, day out, and it's now becoming normal. Instead of us as a society and individuals, as groups, as families, as a culture, and as a world village, as we like to put it in quotes, I think we should stop being too hardcore and start asking each other real questions of how are you doing, how are you coping, and we don't want the mundane answers of I'm fine, I'm okay, I'm just thriving or I'm just going through life. No, because at the end of the day, you'll find me smiling and the next thing you hear that Don Coles is dead it was via suicide. It's, it's something you shrug your shoulders at like, okay, fine, why didn't you seek help? Why didn't you talk, talk to someone? Because... At the end of the day, I believe that once you, see, you once you express yourself, that's when the healing process starts. So we need as a society to start looking and tackling these issues head on. So it's I think it will be it won't be a recurring topic in this podcast, but once in a while we must look at ourselves in the mirror and ask ourselves what's really going on. Now we're coming to the fun part. Kendrick Lamar dropped a song and a video 
my, oh my. And here I was listening to my Jack Harlow, you know. <laughs> I listened to Jack Harlow featuring Drake and I was enjoying and then kablam. Kendrick drops a video. He drops a song. It's called The Hut, part five. And... This song is amazing. As a hip-hop fan, as a rap fan, this song, it's so... The song, the visuals, they're so refreshing. That's the first thing. Seeing Kendrick in that light and space after four or five years of not seeing him. Yes, of course, we see the pictures, but seeing him as an artist that he is... Um, brought certain joy to a lot of people because right now the video, as I'm talking right now, it's sitting on 7 million views plus, going to 8 in 24 hours. And, you know, you, you get to start to think that, okay, now, if this song had so much anticipation, you know, what then does it mean with, with the sales of the album? Because let's not forget that he's going to be dropping a double album on Friday, the 13th. One album is the last album he's going to, he's going to release under the Top Dog Entertainment umbrella. Then the second one is, I think it's the beginning of his, his own label, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, this song, once I watched the video, I felt very emotional as a rap fan. I have never been so emotional in my life after watching, after, after watching certain visuals. The song features six prominent celebrities, OJ Simpson, Kanye West, Justice Smollett, uh, Will Smith, Kobe Bryant, and Nipsey Hussle. Uh, the video has encompasses Kendrick Lamar using the deep fake technology. Uh, it's, uh, it was directed by Kendrick Lamar himself and his longtime collaborator, Dave Free. They use this. Uh, deep face technology, deep fake technology, sorry, where they use a face of someone and attach it on the person they are recording. So for people who don't know what deep fake is, it's a synthetic media in which an existing image or video is visually or audibly manipulated to say and do some do something that is not real. So Someone can take my voice. They can have the squeakiest voice, <laughs> you know. But with this technology, they can take my voice and attach it to that person. And that person, they'll be talking in, in their normal voice. But then my voice is now morphed into their voice. So that's the audible part. And then the visual part is they can take um, Barack Obama's face 
and put it on my face. This will give an impression that it's Barack Obama, but it's just me behind that face. So that's the deep fake technology. It's when we look at the the art cover for this single, we've got six hands. And this these six hands are the six hands of these six men. OJ Simpson, Kanye West, Justice Smollett, Will Smith, Kobe Bryant, and Nipsey Hussle. If you look at the cover, you'll see six hands. There's a glove, which is the 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 famous um, OJ Simpson. You can see the Kanye West hand. The Justice Smollett hand, which is very thick. If you look at uh, the pictures where he was with his palm wide open, uh, where Isaiah was entering into court, you'll be able to see it on that art cover. You've got the Will Smith hand, (laughs) the famous clap hand. You've got the Kobe Bryant hand with the index finger taped with... um, it's just taped, because, you know, and then you've got the Nipsey Hussle hand. The music video starts with Kendrick Lamar uh, saying, I am all of us. It's encompassing the very fact that at the end of the day, he is who he is through us. We are him and he is us. Uh, it's high and mighty for him because the only person who who has ever used this line where where they say I am the way the truth and the life it's Jesus, so I feel as if right now he's looking at himself as the Messiah of hip hop, of rap. We have been waiting for content, for music, for visuals from Kendrick. So this is a very good way for him to start. The the song uses a Marvin Gaye sample, which was uh it comes from the uh, I Want You album which was dropped in on March 16, nineteen seventy six. Uh weirdly enough or oddly enough or interesting enough, um this is I think the only album I have ever listened to by Marvin Gaye. So I know the song (laughs) very much. I know it in and out. And the album was very well constructed by Marvin Gaye himself. You know? Um, Kendrick starts the song by opening, opening himself up, talking about the struggles of his community. You know, as a as a black artist coming from Compton, coming from Los Angeles, where there's gang violence, Crips and the Bloods, he's coming up talking about life growing up in those areas, talking about the murder, the drugs and the violence, and how he has been desensitized and how we as Society have been desensitized through the actions of these societal changes. Because right now, we're on our phones 
24-7, was 18 to virtually 24 hours of the day on our phones. And we, we have seen some of, some of the most gruesome murders. And right now, if a body is to drop dead two meters away from you, or three feet away from you, or a foot away from you, you will not panic, you will not flinch. It's different now because we we have seen so much horror that we now just say, ah, this is now part of the culture. The hip-hop culture uh, went from graffiti, went from dance, went from rap to murder, killing to drugs, uh, to exploitation of women through sex. Um, and we all deem this as part of the culture. But at the end of the day, is it really part of the culture? Is a question that we should ask ourselves. And it's a question that Kendrick, in his uh, song, is asking us, and he's asking himself, that why are we saying this is culture? Why have we become accustomed to it? Why have we given it a pass, a free pass of murder is now part of hip-hop? So uh, with these deep fakes, he starts off with O.J. Simpson. And the character of O.J. Simpson comes through with him talking about how he sacrificed himself uh, to embody himself and to put himself being OJ Simpson at the time when he was prominent he was one of the most marketable black person in the world but then the murder trial then changed that you see we're now going back to the murder the murders which desensitize us and he was talking through the deep fake of O.J. Simpson and putting it out there that um, you you can rise up into stardom, but then at the end of the day, that stardom can also bring you down, right? And as he continues to rap, he mentions bipolar, and the next deep fake comes through, which is Kanye West. And we know Kanye West since 2016. Uh, he has been, I won't say it's a meltdown, but he, 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 he ended up coming out saying that he's bipolar. And this bipolar uh, image then... comes through as Kanye struggles with trust. Uh, right now, he's no more good friends with Kid Cardi because Cardi then decided to uh, side with Pete Davidson, right? And the trust issue comes through and Kanye feels like he's being used by his friends and relatives for money. But Kanye wants to change the world through he, the, through the billions that he has made. You know, as a society, we tend to now point fingers and say, 
that's mad. That's crazy. What he's doing, he's a crazy genius, you know. But when he says stuff or does stuff, our first response is, Kanye is going back. Did he take his meds? Even Pete Davidson went in on him and said, did you take your medication? You know, and as a society, we tend to laugh and point fingers. But at the end of the day, we must also reflect on ourselves and say, I'm pointing a finger at Kanye West. What am I doing for myself? How, how, how is my own mental health? Because many people are bipolar without knowing it. Many people are OCD without knowing it. So um, this, this deep fake that Kendrick used also shows Kanye on the offensive because even when he was rapping using this deep fake, you can see he's very offensive. He's very charged up. He's coming with that verve and vigor that we know that Kanye West embodies. The third deep fake as he continues to rap is the Justice Smollett uh, deep fake, the Empire actor was uh, charged for causing a fake scene where he used, where he took two Nigerians uh, to to act like they were attacking him via a hate crime or of him being gay. But then it ended up coming out that he had these two Nigerians. It's a case where we laugh, but then, case in point, what picture does it portray in the culture of hip-hop, in the black culture, uh, that at the end of the day, we get to see that Justice Smollett was accused of doing that, he stood and said that he didn't do that. But those Nigerians came out and said otherwise, that they were not Trump supporters and they were actually hired by him. Unfortunately, all that whole event was captured on camera. So it's how people are rewarded for playing victim. How do we reward people who play victim? Because... There are certain people who end up overplaying this role of victim. And we see it in society. This is a, another avenue that Kendrick used this deep fix, which is very genius if you think about it. Sit, sit down and think about it. Because at the end of the day, it's a music video, right? But it's a form of art. It's almost six minutes but in those six minutes, he tells a story of how this culture of ours as black people, of hip-hop, this culture of rap, how it's being viewed by the outside, outside world and how he's viewing it as a person from inside, you know? And with these deep fakes, he was really painting a story. Uh, the fourth deep fake, before he goes into the chorus, is 
the Will Smith deepfake. Recently, in the past two years, Will Smith has been trending for the wrong reasons and the right reasons. The right reasons for winning the Oscar, for King Richard, but for the wrong reasons for the clap that he uh, he gave to Chris Rock at the same Oscars that he won, and for the red table discussion for that entanglement issue that he had with his wife Jada Pinkett. Um, Kendrick embodies Will Smith in addressing the infidelity and disloyalty in relationships, you know, that instead of it being a real problem, we're ridiculing it, we're laughing at it. You know, we laugh, we laughed when uh, Jada Pinkett was sitting there at the red table looking at Will Smith and narrating a story of how she was in an entanglement with uh, August Alsina and we could all see that Will Smith was hurting. This was like public humiliation on steroids. And he was just there taking the punches, you know. But we laughed at it. We made memes of it. And we didn't go back and think that now this man is hurt. Yes, of course, we don't know the intricacies of their marriage. But hurt is hurt, people. (laughs) When you're hurt, you're hurt. Your face will show. Like I always say, it's always in the eyes. And Will Smith was showing that at that red table when the entanglement issue came. So Kendrick comes with it saying, uh, this is a, a real issue, right? And my take on it is that this hurt or this infidelity and disloyalty in the relationships, which is going on now, which we have said, no, it's fine to cheat uh, you can have a partner, but then you can cheat on that partner because it's normal. Pe- people are having uh, certain relationships, uh, inside relationships, because we've deemed it normal. And Kendrick goes back and says, it's not culture. Why are you saying it's culture? Fuck the culture, right? Fuck the culture. Um, my take is that, again, it can morph into depression and anxiety, to the hurt individual. And we saw that because at the end of the day when Will Smith clapped Chris Rock, that that was built up anger and hurt which he needed to vent out. But he vented it out and took it out on the wrong person. Instead of him addressing his issues with Jada, he, he ended up hurting another comedian, another brother, another brother within the culture. So he ends, um, uh, Kendrick veers into pointing that anyone hurt by the culture deals with it by hurting others. And we saw that. Will Smith, Chris Rock, and hurt people who always hurt, hurt another person. And he also addresses... Before, if you look at the deep fake, it actually 
goes into the chorus of the song because the chorus of the song goes like, I want you to want me too. So is it another cry for Will Smith to Jada Pinkett to say, I want you to want me too? You know? Yes, screw the entanglements, but I want you to want me too. You know, don't lose me <laughs> in this culture. Don't lose me. Don't do that. And for me, the the part which really then got me so emotional was the third verse. The third verse has got two very high ranking celebrities, male celebrities in our culture who we all looked up to growing up and being in, co- in co- college days and stuff. It's the Kobe Bryant and the Nipsey Hussle deepfakes. I, I know when I was looking at this video, I was like, wow. He really went, <laughs> he really went th- that far because his final verse is speaking directly to the fans using Kobe. And then he expresses deep love and care to his fans, you know. But then immediately after that, he quickly morphs into Nipsey Hussle. He pays homage uh, to the motivational impact that he had in the city of Los Angeles. Right? Uh, Nipsey was uh, was on a drive to strengthen and unite the community of Los Angeles because he was a crip, right? So there's the crips and the bloods. Because I remember he was very close friends with YG. YG was a blood. And, you know, in the society we're living in now, Gangs are prevalent, but then some friendships cross those boundaries where I remember Snoop Dogg on the All the, All the Smoke podcast. Uh, he talked about how his song actually transcended and cr- cross, it cross-pollinated, if I can say that, in him being a crip, Snoop Dogg, he had bloods coming up to him saying, I love your song, I love this, I love that. But it wasn't heard of before before that. So uh, Kendrick uh, pays homage to Nipsey Hussle's uh, motivational impact, bringing together the red and the blue with his uh, death is something that I think Kendrick also addresses in the song that he also feels that maybe if he is to die also, it will unite the city, you know. And he's hoping to also emulate uh, Nipsey in that aspect of preaching unity, you know, within the the culture and within uh, all aspects of life. Uh, while embodying Nipsey, Kendrick conveys a message to his fans and family. Um, using 
Nipsey's cadence and flow patterns. He addresses the events that led up to his murder. There's a line where he says, I, w- I woke up that morning with more heart to give you. Right? Then he, 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 he continues to, to rap and then he, he addresses Nipsey's family that he's in heaven. He says, how can I look at it? I feel that music is spiritual. And the way Kendrick Lamar used the Nipsey Hustle dip fake, the Nipsey Hustle cadence, the flow pattern, he really conveyed I wherever Nipsey is, I think he's proud of Kendrick, of how he represented him because there's a line where he says, to my brother, to my kids, I'm in heaven. To my father, to my wife, I'm serious. This is heaven. And these are comforting words because when Nipsey Hussle was gunned down, murdered, he was murdered at his shop. He was murdered at the complex where he built, where he had his marathon store. And it leaves people with questions to why that happened. As of today, we still don't know why that happened. What was, did he have a beef with certain people or what? We we don't know, you know. But these are reassuring words that were conveyed by Kendrick to his fans and his family. Because he also goes, this is, this was to the family. Then he goes to the fans and says, to my fans, make sure you make them investments. If you know Nipsey Hussle, he was all about financial literacy, financial freedom. He was all about the hustle. How you can make yourself better as a human being. How you can make yourself prosper in this life. And Kendrick also goes a step further and addresses the killer and says, and to the killer that sped up my demise, I forgive you. Just know your soul's in question. Just know your soul is in question. And these are very sharp words because the family of the killer and the killer himself will know the song, will hear the song, will see the video and I hope we'll get justice through the song. And he then goes a step further and addresses uh, Nipsey Hussle's brother Sam and says, and Sam, I'll be watching over you. Make sure my kids watch all my interviews. Nipsey Hussle was a person who did a lot of interviews. 
it was like he was on a crusade it was like he was on a tour to just spread whatever knowledge he had and with his passing we go back and watch all his interviews we go back and watch all his music videos we go back and listen to all his music because the message is in the interviews the message is in the music the message is in everything that he did the marathon continues wow um and kendrick really went hard on this because this was um a california native a los angeles native who passed who was really shaping the culture the culture again right and he goes to the next phase where he addresses the neighborhood and says into my neighborhood let the good prevail make sure the babies and the le- leaders are out of jail look for salvation when trouble gets real keep your head up in the sky when shit gets real and he he ends it by saying cause you can't help the world if you can't help yourself so this music video it's a tribute i think for me personally i i'll say it's a, a big and a huge tribute to two legends to two fallen legends Nipsey Hussle and Kobe Bryant not cutting out the rest the four the four or four the four guys but these two it was it's still very fresh you know it's still very fresh in our hearts we watched the kobe interviews we watched the nipsey hussle interviews we listened to the, the, the nipsey hussle's music we watch uh reruns of kobe bryant's matches and we dig into the mamba mentality that he had um i'll just urge you to watch that video as we prepare for kendrick dropping on the 13th uh, the three days from today uh where he'll be dropping his last album with tde like i said in the beginning and he'll be starting a new leaf with another album so let's just wait and i can't wait <laughs> as a rap fan you know this is the appetizer i needed for kendrick's album because i didn't want to just be shocked with a large volume of music on friday but now i'm anticipating i'm like eagerly anticipating this uh this drop on friday so yeah thank you for joining me uh like i said follow the cozy lounge podcast the don cozy podcast on instagram follow it on twitter and follow us on patreon uh from as little as $3 you can get ex uh access to different uh versions of the don cozy podcast you can also we can also interact uh we can do zoom uh calls and 
we can dissect many topics because I know I'm building a, a certain community of listeners and I would love to hear your feedback. I would love to also interact with you guys. So uh, as I close it out, let's follow. And I also do my part in following you guys back and we interact on the various social uh, media platforms. This is me, Don Cozy, signing out. Everything is just cozy. <laughs>